As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. There's this thing on, one, two, my check, one, two. Man, this is our city. This is our city, man. We did it, man. It's unbelievable. feel like Black Jesus. We've seen the story before. We've seen the story before. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show. Monday (laughs) on The Athletic Podcast Network. Guess who wasn't in the email? Whose name was not in the email? Zion's. Like, what the heck is... Look at the day when we grew up, right? If we had something negative to say about an individual, if we said it, we knew, depending on the individual, that there would be a consequence. And that's the problem I had. And so if I was willing to take on that consequence, then I'm going to say it. If I wasn't willing to... And Cliff High talking about zero day in the SWIFT disconnect and how all of this could lead to a digital currency and the crash of the dollar. So what you know what we're really seeing here going on with all of this propaganda um, is kind of overwhelming. And I've tried to really you know wrap my head around what's really going on. And I think that we can honestly say at this point the great reset is underway. <laughs> someone who now works on y'all side of things i i understand um the job and i'm all for the job as which is why i will give quotes and i spend on my answers um i make myself available because i understand how this thing works guess who wasn't in the email whose name was not in the email Welcome to Point of Contention, five subjects, five minutes, five points of contention. Coming up on the show, Kyrie on fire. Libido safe for now. Draymond back. Warriors title bound. The real March Madness. It's Pop done in San Antonio. 
Happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm Zach Harper. That's Jade Hoy producing in this corner. Born and raised in NYC, former beat reporter for the Thunder and the Wizards. Used to always just follow wherever Russell Westbrook went, but now he's currently rolling with the Knicks and the future author of the book, Rolling in Doland, Jim Dolan's Guide to Making Bread. It's Fred. Don't call me Matt Katz. Fred, episode two of HBO's new series, Winning Time. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Literally have not watched one second of any. Fantastic. Let me tell you, I am highly anticipating whether or not Twitter and the media try to break down whether or not that's how Jerry West has sex. (laughs) And in this corner... Yeah, baby. Bay Area legend, author of two books about the Warriors and a brand new book on sale now, Dynasties, the 10 GOAT teams that changed NBA forever, the one and only Marcus Thompson. Marcus, prediction, who will make the next 50-point night for the NBA, and will it be tonight? I was hoping you would ask me, like, whether or not that was actually Jerry West, how he got down. But since you didn't ask, I won't ask. Well, you, uh, you know what? Dealer's choice, Marcus. You didn't ask. Never mind. Uh, next 50-point night is going to be Andrew Wiggins. What? Tonight? Tonight? No, it's going to be Jason Tatum, actually. It's probably <laughs> Trey Young plays the Hornets the, tonight. So, you know, pretty, pretty who's good. Who's playing Orlando? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's un, that's that's cruel and unusual punishment. Uh, also, I'll just say this regarding the Jerry West thing. I don't think that's how people did it in the seventies. I think that's a very modern style of having sex. So uh, you know what? First plot hole I've found in this uh, literally time a plot hole. I, I don't know. I haven't <laughs> seen the show, but that sounds like literally a plot hole. One of the famous stories about celebrity sex from back in the day. Uh, uh, and, and the story by GQ called Papa about James Brown. Apparently, he used to have his homies warm up the women for him. So they, they used to get down back then. Don't don't sleep on old school celebrity sex. They, they just know how to rock. want to remind Marcus we are recording. Jade, start the clock. Take one. Kyrie's 60 masterpiece, fellas. Exactly one week ago today, we were waxing poetically about Kyrie Irving's 50-point performance against the Hornets. Well, guess what? He did it again and then some. The Sage King dropped a career high and new franchise record 60 points during a 150 to 108 domination of the Orlando Magic on Tuesday night. Irving put on a show, one of the most impressive offensive halves of basketball in recent NBA history with 41 point masterclass in that first 24 minutes. In 23 minutes, Irving went 14 of 19 from the field, six of seven from three, seven of seven from the free throw line, all while adding three rebounds and three assists. By the end of the half, the Orlando crowd was cheering for Irving every time he hit a shot. Jade, play the tape. Chance. Listen to this crowd. That's special. Irving, who's 29, finished the game 20 for 31 from the field, 8 of 12 from deep, 12 of 13 from the charity stripe, set multiple records with the first half gem. It was the highest scoring half of his career and highest scoring half for any player this season. Quote, making history, man. Making history, Irving said after the game. Jade played that tape. Making history, man. Making history. And, uh, you know, doing it with that guy is very special. No, I felt good. Uh, 
you know, I think it, it really is a testament to the way that we've been gelling as a team and us just giving each other confidence and doing the right things. And when you could get 60 in the flow of a game and it doesn't seem forced and you're not putting up a, a few a few too many <laughs> bad shots and, uh, you know, you come to the bench and guys are supporting you and telling you to go after the record, then, you know, that makes basketball well worth it. Marcus, it's time to ask, is Kyrie Irving the best player in the NBA? Yes. When Whoa! He plays bad, when he plays a when he's playing a bad defense and he's got some rest. Oh, and his three point shot is going. The dude is relatively unguardable. You know how in boxing they say pound for pound. If I said inch for inch, would that be appropriate? We still talking Jerry West or what are we? What are we doing here? Kyrie Irving is the best player. <laughs> I think I have to see this show. <laughs> um, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry for yours. Whatever it is. I actually didn't lose for once. I won. Happy endings then. Yeah, happy endings. So what's next? Ah! <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> you know what? Come on, man! You with me? I'm hilarious. Okay, I'm hey. hilarious. I am criminally underappreciated. Keep all this in, Jade. Oh my God. What are we Man, talking about, Kyrie Scott? I don't even know. I'm like, now I'm thinking about Jerry West breaking the headboard. Like, <laughs> Fred, Fred, you haven't seen this? Fred, you seen I have this? not seen You know what? I, I either absolutely need to see this show or I never want to see this show my entire it's life. Good, and I'm not I'm sure like which it. one yet. It's a fun it's, it's, dramatization it's, it's, it's of everything going on. Uh, so in the in the right in, if the setting is ideal Kyrie's unstoppable right his three is dropping like crazy and I think that's that's what makes him this next level because off the dribble like he's he's unmatched relatively and his finishing is great he's so fresh he's about to be 30 next mm-hmm. week and he looks like he's 25 but I do think him not playing so much it has been a benefit. But when that three is dropping and you don't know which one to do, nothing. I mean, he's leaning, he's pulling up and he's leaning. You could tell he's feeling, he's not even like worried about form or feet set. He's like, Mm-mm. this is money. When he's like that, bro, it's over. And you yeah. know, like Kevin Durant's the best player on that team, but Kevin Durant is like loving this. He, you know, he had 19 and he's over there bowing to Kyrie. I've been saying it, it's pure. Everything he does is pure. You know, it looks so easy tonight. I look up, he got 10 points, and it felt like he only took two shots, you know, the first quarter. And I told Seth, I'm like, damn, I didn't know he had, he had it cooking like that. Fred, with Kyrie being such a scoring machine right now, and I think Marcus has a point here because it is a very fresh Kyrie. He hasn't really played much basketball in the last three years. And so maybe this is the way to go is you just give him a three-year sabbatical, essentially, and let him get ready right before the playoffs. Yeah, well, so here's the thing. Everybody talks about how treacherous the NBA schedule is, but Kyrie's got some natural rest days built in. So, like, when he is going up against an Orlando Magic defense and the rest of his team is readying, I think the Nets play Dallas next. The rest of the team is readying to play a really good Dallas team and, and who's been playing great lately and been defending well and you got to deal with Luka. It's pretty nice to just be able to rely on on Kyrie and say, you know what, just 
just take us home. I feel like with all of the non-basketball stuff that surrounds Kyrie all the time, people have forgotten, like, the guy is freaking great. Like, he was 50-40-90 last year. He, Mm -hmm. I I realize he's only played 19 games, but he might do it again this year. He's one percentage point off from the field of doing it again on ridiculously high volume. He can go off like crazy. I think he's probably the best, he's probably the best finisher around the rim of any small guard I've ever seen other than, other than maybe Jerry West. He's better than most centers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, he's, he's crazy just finishing around the rim and like, when that jumper is going, which it usually is, I mean, his handles are crazy. I mean, just his ability to create his own shot is is total insanity. And being able to see him show off like that without Harden there, when he's not really a third option, it's just like, I don't know. I, I think he's got a case for most fun guy to watch in the league. He's not the best player on his team because the best player in the league plays on his team. But I think he might be the most fun guy to watch. And Marcus, I think to your point about the three-point shot falling, there is this thing that I've noticed a couple of guys do you we've seen Clay do it before we've seen like a Duncan Robinson do it before we've seen Kyrie do it recently but when a guy catches the ball high and just lets it fly out of that shooting motion doesn't bring it down yeah that corner three he hit last night Mm. where he just caught it high kept his hands exactly where he caught the ball and just flung it that's when you know he's truly or anybody is truly locked in Oh, he's done. At that point, it's like this is bucket. I don't think that one hit the rim either, right? Like I think, yeah. that, like it was. Per- that's where you know he's in the zone. Clay does it. When Clay does that, you know it's like okay, this is a wrap. Somebody better guard this guy. That was the it's Anthony crazy. Morrow. Anthony Morrow yeah, became Anthony Morrow obsessed yeah, with that. That was like his move, and he taught it to KD. It's 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 um to me like you were talking about how great he is as a finisher as a small guard. What's so crazy about it is he's not especially explosive. I do think he's a better athlete than, you know, we give him credit for. Like, But he's not like Derrick Rose. None of these are like, I'm just going to take off from the dotted line and bang it. It's all like, you know, just like yeah. it's unbelievable. He, he's so watching him. Like, I mean, we said it before. It's like, it's art, man. Like, you don't know what is happening. It's all improvisation and feel and creativity which is why it's so like captivating, but his, he shoot 43% from three. Like if he's doing that, like it's, mm-hmm. that's ball game. I'm honestly surprised. He's only at 90% from the free throw line. I just assumed it was much higher than that. Cause I don't feel like I've seen him miss his free throw this entire season. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to the other New York basketball team. Fred buckle up. It's take two. Get this guy out of here. Wait. After weeks of speculation that Tom Thibodeau's tenure with New York was heading towards an end, Thibodeau is now expected to remain the Knicks head coach beyond this 2021-2022 season. This according to Bleacher Report. Bing bong! New York is now five and a half games outside the playing tournament. What the fuck, baby? New York is fucking... Okay, they're done. Following a run to the number four seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs just last year, There's been some internal support to move on from the NBA's reigning coach of the year. Sources said that's the danger of overperforming. That was a quote that one rival team strategist said, you think 
It should be added that many analysts and spectators have pondered Thibodeau's coaching decisions under the, uh, oh, wait, what is that? Uh, the, what the fuck are you thinking tab? But hey, coach of the year. Yeah. Danger of overperforming. That's what it is. More details from Bleacher. Quote, Nick's governor, James Dolan, had granted the front office permission to either remove Thibodeau's head. Wait. Next governor, James Dolan, had granted the front office permission to either remove Thibodeau or retain him, sources said, which is, I think, usually the case. You either fire somebody or you keep them employed. But CAA slash team president Leon Rose has no plans to make a change on the Knicks bench, sources said. New York's pathetic 2022 season would not be complete without some drama, but it behooves us. Talk about the list of inane things Thibs has done this season to undermine the success of last season. So, Fred, how and why is Tom Thibodeau still coaching the New York Knicks? Please excuse me. Well, it starts with the relationship. You have to look at the reason why he was brought in to begin with. Leon Rose was hired by the Knicks after running the basketball division at CAA, which is an agency that the organization has had extremely close ties to and remains to have extremely close ties to this day. And Tibbs was represented by CAA and still is for many years. They've had that relationship for a long time. And that was kind of the basis of not just that hire, but many other hires bringing in William Wesley, Worldwide West, who was the number two there in the front office behind Leon Rose as well. And I think the relationship is just something that you have to talk about whenever you mention the the Tibbs and Knicks dynamic, independent of everything that's happened so far this year. Uh, now, I I think if I had to guess, I would guess that he's back next year. He signed a five year deal. Uh, but on on top of that, I mean, the other dynamic in play here is there are so many voices in the Knicks front office right now. Like, it's not just Leon Rose. Now, that's not the Knicks I know. <laughs> the Knicks I know, it's usually pretty uniform. <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, it's not just Leon Rose. It's not just World Wide West. You got uh, Brock Aller, who, who, who does a lot of day-to-day stuff. Frank Zanin is is in there and and has a voice. They, you know, Mark Stein reported recently that they they're bringing in uh, Gerson Rosas, former Timberwolves president, as a consultant to the front office. They have a number of other people there who who speak up as well. And 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 Liam Rose kind of oversees that whole thing. And he's the one with with the true Tibbs connections there. And he's obviously the one who is who is the top of the hierarchy. But there are a lot of voices there, which is kind of why you hear a lot of mixed opinions, because different people believe different things in that organization right now. Uh, and, and I think that report from Jake Fisher, a Bleacher Report, is, is, is probably a good one. Uh, but there's just a whole lot of context to this whole thing, on top of the fact that they were the four seed last year, and they are, in all likelihood, not even going to make the play on this year. I mean, I think we can write that off. Uh, Marcus, I, uh, I feel like with this Knicks situation... All of this could be true. Everything could be accurate with what Fred just said and what Jake Fisher reported. And tomorrow, James Dolan and could just change his mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's? And you know what? If that happened, which is very possible, it would be the right move. Oh, whoa. <laughs> we've already seen. Whoa, we've seen. Tom Thibodeau is a really good coach, but he's like knee cartilage, right? Like once it starts going, that's it. Like there's no, there, there's no like regeneration happening. We've seen oh, this. My knee uh, hurts and, just and, hearing that. And every time, this flameout is faster, right? This flameout is happening. It's like one year, good, and then you start to decline. 
it doesn't go up from this with Thibodeau. It's usually like a burnout. So I don't know why they think it's going to turn up. Are they suddenly going to like being run into the ground? Are guys going to commit to defense for a third year? We didn't do it a second year, but the third year, I promise you, we got you. Like It's clear the pattern here, and they aren't committed to putting – you know, those kind of pieces around them. So I don't I don't understand what they plan to do unless they unless they're just gonna redo the whole roster, put some dudes in who like absolutely love playing defense and tip style, never want to come out right. And I, I don't know why they would do that. To me, it just doesn't work. We 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 know where this is going with Timber though. We know it. He's a good coach, but we know where this is headed. So if Dolan did do that, it might be the smart thing. The other part of this is like the, the, the Tibbs theme that travels throughout every organization he's with is discord with the front office. I talked about his relationship with Leon Rose, but there are certain people, you know, Brock Aller has been reported as somebody who, who he has a contentious relationship with. And, and just based on the moves, like you can tell, you don't need sources to tell that the Cam Reddish situation was messed up. Like I have reported that when they made that trade, they traded a first round pick and Kevin Knox for Cam Reddish. Really the Mm -hmm. first round pick was obviously the gem in that trade. And, and I reported at the time of the trade that, Tibbs was not down for Cam Reddish when they made that deal. And I think it's been extremely clear that he was not down for Cam Reddish at any point that Cam Reddish was there before he got hurt. Are and you ended sure? Because it seems like there's all love there. <laughs> yeah. and all the he he did not put him in the rotation. The only time Cam Reddish got in the rotation was when there were too many injuries to keep him out of the rotation. And we'll never know if Reddish would be in the rotation by the end of the year when everybody it when or if everybody gets healthy because he's now done for the year with a shoulder injury. But like that is shows a tremendous disconnect when your front office trades a first round pick for a dude and your coach won't even put him in the game. Like yeah, that, that is the, whatever, that is the opposite of synergy. You know, Zach, we got to talk about the elephant in the room here, by the way. Um, another reason we just know this will not work because if you just follow the pattern, the beat writer, Wherever Fred Katz goes, disruption follows. I mean, yeah, he has a way true. of getting it's himself true. in there yeah. like a termite and destroying it from the inside out with his incredible Although, reporting and truth-telling. To be fair, this year in which Russell Westbrook has not had Fred around has been a disaster for us. So that's we true. need to That's play. all you need to know about Fred. Is Fred been propping up Russell Westbrook for years. <laughs> that's how great he is. <laughs> Real quick before we move on, uh, Fred, how much are they going to give Mitchell Robinson a free agency? Because that's going to be a potential issue. It's going to be really interesting because he's also a weird fit with Julius Randle and RJ Barrett because those guys yeah. want to be around the rim and and Mitchell Robinson just lives around the rim, not just because he's always dunking and that's kind of his his main form of scoring, but because he's a yeah. big time offensive rebounder and chases them. I mean, I, I, I'm sure I think it'll be eight figures. I think if you look at like Wendell Carter getting four for 50, Robert Williams, a third getting four for 48, Daniel Gafford getting three for 40. I'm sure he'll be asking for something in that realm. He's eligible for a four year 50. $5 million extension right now. I don't know if it'll be that high, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it were something in that realm, especially like I, the last month and a half. He, he's been good. I bet he gets Evan Fournier money. Oh God. Yeah. But Hey, at least they're both bad on defense. All right. Take three. <laughs> Speaking of good on defense, Warriors back, Draymond back. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? 
Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. German, it's been 512 games since you came off the bench. What was that like for you? Um. Warriors fans rejoice. Swiss Army Knife Draymond Green. And fellow media member returned to the floor after a 31-game absence this week. Jade, play the tape. We play, you write, you speak, and it grows the game. In Monday night's 126-112 victory over the Wizards, the Warriors core of Curry, Draymond, and Clay. Played an NBA game together for the first time in 1,005 days. Now he'll never talk to me. Green was on the court after just 11 seconds before making his impact felt. Beating Curry for a wing three-pointer. Jade played that tape. That crowd applause tells you that after two months, Raymond Green is back in the building. Just got goosebumps. He's so happy to be back out there. It's got to be so tough for someone that's as competitive as him to sit there and watch from the sidelines as his teammates are doing work. Now he's back to where he belongs. Look at that smile on his face. He comes in with Washington taking the lead. The Warriors are led by eight early. And they run that patented split action. First step three. It's only right. The first pass he makes. Steph knocks it down. The split action is so good. The skewed defender was nowhere to be found. Green's return three, couldn't have come at a better time for the Warriors as they extended their win streak to four games while looking to secure that two seed in the Western Conference heading down the stretch. Steph Curry clearly felt the Draymond bump as he dropped 47 points, breaking out of that shooting slump. Following the game, Green, a not-so-humble man, expressed his enthusiasm for the road ahead. Jade, tape me. To start, what, what's your mindset right now? Uh, obviously, the two-seed will be great, but we're not chasing it. Uh, we're going to make sure we do everything we can to stay healthy coming down the stretch. Not going to make any any bonehead decisions trying to chase the two-seed. Whether we're two-seed or three-seed, we're going to win a championship, so don't really matter. Did you, you're just calling that right now to finish off the post-game interview. <laughs> yeah, I called it months ago. Uh, <laughs> there were no visible ill effects during Green's 20 minutes as he finished with 6.7 rebounds, 6 assists, and was a game high, plus 24. Marcus, how confident are you in Draymond's prediction that this team is title-bound? Not as confident as he is. <laughs> and I also don't think this is like a one-year thing. I think they've got these this year next year. Uh, I don't think it's wholly, wholly on Draymond, Steph, and Clay. Like, we got to see who Jordan Poole is in the playoffs. We got to see who Andrew Wiggins is in the playoffs. They got a lot of question marks. A lot of dudes who haven't been on that stage before. Right. But the one thing that really jumped out, it's it's crazy to think about it. And Steph looked so happy 
Right, like, and then you start thinking, like, he's been two years <laughs> without his guy, right? Like, just waiting for both these dudes to be he's here. He's been yeah. begging for. He was so happy. Eleven, the first play when they come in the game, he calls his their, you know, their little pet play where Draymond's in the post and he cuts off the screen. Steph like calls the play immediately just to get the pass from Draymond. Right, mm-hmm. eleven seconds in, his shot has never looked more pure than it did. Well, maybe the All Star game, but then it did like when Draymond was on the court. Yeah, he he just feels better about it. Which you know, since he is one of the elite players in his league, that matters, right? The fact that Steph is like, finally, it's not like Kelly Oubre and <laughs> Brad Wanamaker anymore. It's like Brad I got my guys back. Forgot about Brad Wanamaker. Oh my god! Hey, it's been a lot. Hey, it's been a lot. Remember that first year when it was D'Angelo Russell and Glenn Robinson the third? Like he's been waiting for this for so long. You could just see how happy he felt. Like it, it is pretty unique that they still get to do it together because you don't really get to see these reunion tours like this in the NBA. Yeah, Fred, I've been waiting for this Draymond return because I don't think you can take the Warriors seriously as even a team that could get to the conference finals without Draymond on the court. Like even as good as Steph is and as good as Clay looks in this return from that injury and that time off without Draymond, they're just not the same. But do you think that they're better than Phoenix? Assuming Chris Paul is healthy. Uh, no, I don't think, Yeah, let's say full health for, for both I, teams. Both I don't teams think are they're healthy. better than Phoenix, but I think that would be a hell of a series. Like they could, they could beat Phoenix, but I, I would, I would pick Phoenix in that series. The one thing that would really, I mean, when Steph and Draymond are on the floor this year, they're plus 15 per 100 possessions. I mean, that is a <laughs> ridiculously yeah. dominant it's team. Insane, when those guys are together. Right? It doesn't even make sense. Like, why? That's like double what the Suns have been this year <laughs> they just, in terms of just as a team. Those guys are the greatest example of if they get along and if they'll, they're willing to make it work, just keep players together because eventually they will develop especially really good to great ones they will develop this Mm -hmm. telepathy like those guys just know how to play with each other they can do it with their eyes closed they play beautiful basketball with each other no matter what they know all of each other's tendencies because they've been doing it for a million years and i think that's part of it and 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 i mean the thing is with draymond is that like with no draymond the warriors are they they would not be able to win the West because Draymond is for their defense what Steph is for their offense. I mean, he's yeah. when he's healthy, he's the best defensive player in the league, I think. So yeah. that that's just a total game changer for them defensively. But I, I, I don't know. Phoenix plays. I think Phoenix has been by far the best team in the league this year. So so I'd, I'd have to roll with them. But, I mean, the Warriors could win that series because they're going to go into it with with the best player. And if, if, if Clay starts to look even more like himself, then... You know, obviously that's a huge development too. Yeah, Draymond. Isn't wouldn't. that the puncher's chance though, right? Like, isn't like the fact that the Warriors have won three titles, they walk into any arena like, yeah, you oh, probably for have sure. a better yeah. team. But yeah, yeah. That, that's the puncher's chance they'll have. Like in any series, no matter what the matchup is. I think the messed up thing too is like, they would probably walk into that series against Phoenix and be like, you're going to be this with Chris Paul? No, you're like that. That's been tried before. Like that's not going to work, right? Like as as good as that Suns team is, I think that would be that the Suns mentality team they is loaded have. Too. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. That's, I mean, that Suns team's the deepest team in the league by far. They're good without Chris Paul. They're still yeah. winning. Yeah. And Monty Williams is an unbelievable coach. Like they are insane. They play beautiful. Everyone talks about and the beautiful basketball they, the Warriors play. They play beautiful uh, basketball. And they have the like kryptonite of the Warriors, right? Like they have the thing in, in Aiton 
that that could hurt the Warriors. So it's not like it's two teams where it's like, ah, oh, they don't have a big man like like Dallas, right? Yeah. Dallas is really good, but it's like, all right, it's strength against strength. Phoenix has the counter, and the question is, can they do something? Like, can they do enough about it to make it work? So that's what makes Phoenix uniquely tricky. Is they're going to run really good big men out there, right? And and Draymond would have run away with Defensive Player of the Year had he not gotten hurt. Um, and I think it opened the door for Mikel Bridges to be the Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. And I'm not saying Mikel can stop Steph, but he can make a series really difficult for Steph. Like he make that really, he navigates screens better than anybody in the league. No question. No question. He's, he's incredible on the perimeter. He's, he's so like, you gotta be calm with Steph. Mm -hmm. Like you, you can't freak Steph freaks people out and you start doing dumb stuff. Right. And people overhelp and you just, nobody wants to be on the Steph highlight show. Mikael Bridges is like, he's cool. Like he, he know he's got this nice calm about him. He's going to run the game plan. He's going to do it. And that series essentially puts that puts it on clay because you got to make a pay, right? Like, so it's like, who yeah. can make a pay? That's clay. That's Jordan Poole. That's Andrew Wiggins. But I, I, I love bridges against Steph. Like if I'm, if I'm putting somebody against Steph, mm-hmm. that's kind of the prototype that you want against them. Yeah. It gets Speaking. you length too. If you guard yeah. Steph with a point guard, it's just so hard to oh. contest. Like, oh, he's just yeah. so good, though. He's just good at it, right? Like, yeah. you know who else is really good at it on that team? Like, Jay Crowder, man. He hits every big shot. That, um, <laughs> look at <laughs> Your Jay Crowder hate has to stop. It's not hatred. <laughs> the man is not a reliable shooter. <laughs> he's big had moments, two baby. years where it's like, holy big shit, moment. look at Jay Crowder shooting. And he's like, had nine without that. Big moment, baby. Everyone moment. on Phoenix I don't know steps what that up. Means. Like, uh, uh, Cam Johnson has become one of the more underrated players. Because Cam Johnson can fucking shoot. That's yeah. why Marcus. Cam Johnson shooting yes. like forty five percent from three. I mean, he's about that's about about the same as Crowder in the moments, the big moments. <laughs> I mean, you the, add a, Crowder's you add like one hundred and seven percent in the big moments. <laughs> Jade, cut all that. Take four. The real March Madness. <laughs> The NCAA men's basketball tournament officially tipped off on Wednesday, but in the NBA, term March Madness has been rolling since March 5th. So far this month, seven players have scored 50 or more points, starting with LeBron James' 56-point effort against the Warriors on March 5th. Since then, there's been no more than a three-day delay between 50-point games. Of the seven 50-point games this month, five of the players needed less than 40 minutes to accomplish that with Jason Tatum's effort narrowly missing the cut when he played 41 minutes in his game. The last month with more 50-point games in the NBA was December of 1962. There were nine of them that month, six by Wilt Chamberlain, of course. The other three, Elgin Baylor. What is happening with the scoring? Fred, please, to the best of your ability, decipher this incredible outbreak in individual scoring, this scoring renaissance, if you will. I can't. It's extraordinary. I mean, we're, we're kind of at a place in the league where teams are gradually handing more and more responsibilities to one single guy to run their offense. That's kind of the more modern way that we've gotten to over Mm -hmm. the last three or four years. And it's becoming more extreme. And you look at the guys like Trey young and Luca, and it's just like, they do everything for their offense. And I'm sure that's a part of it. I don't know. I think it's probably some amount of coincidence, but it's a great coincidence. It's really fun. I will say that 
at the start of every season, we at The Athletic do a preview thing where we pull all the writers about predictions for the upcoming year. And we have to put mm-hmm. in our MVP pick and our Defense Player of the Year pick. Who's going to win the East? Who's going to win the West? And there's always a question, who is going to be the first player to drop 50? Not who is going to drop 50 the most, but who is going to be the first player to drop 50? And I always protest vote Bryn Forbes. So I might be the worst person to ask this question to. One day, Bryn Forbes is going to do it. Though. One day, because one day he's going to do it. I'm going to be like, I told you, Bryn Tony Forbes. Tony Delk did it. Look, he's I was just going to get really for- hot. Corey Brewer uh, dropped 50. I was in the building for Corey Brewer dropping, dropping 50, okay? Nothing will ever be a more bewildering experience. That was extraordinary. Corey Brewer <laughs> going for 50. Mo yeah, Williams I've going player, for 50. I watched a player go for 50 by just doing runouts with James Harden supposed to guard him. He just like outran James Harden the entire night. Yeah, the drunken the, dribbler. Corey, Corey oh Brewer gosh. fell down more than any player in the history of the NBA fell down. Yep. Just constantly in a state of falling or just fell. I think he I think he has set the record for air balls on corner threes. Just absolutely airmailing corner threes. Like he it has to have been him. And my favorite part of his 50 point night, he got drug tested right after the game. It took forever for him to come talk to us because he had to pee and couldn't pee. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals, and show you hidden allies so that you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you up-to-date first-party data enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash show 23 That's linkedin.com slash show 23 for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash show 23 and get started. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, Marcus, what do you make of this scoring renaissance? Maybe Steph Curry kind of tipped everything off after the All-Star game. Huh? Maybe they're just trying to match Steph now. It's so weird, right? The three-pointers aren't even going crazy. You would think, oh, yeah. more three. No, they made more threes last year on average as a league. It's it's wild. I do think what Fred is saying, it's a lot of like high usage from superstars, right? It's a lot of uh, 
hey man, go 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 get your money. Go go hold the ball and go go make plays. But there's got to be something. I don't know. Maybe the play in has ruined March defense. Maybe that's what's happening. This is like everybody's chilling because you're gonna have to make this last minute mm-hmm. ditch to get in. So now it's like the dog days. You know, people are out. I don't know what it, defense is terrible right now. Like just the, <laughs> the dog bottom, days of defense. Right? The dog Not, days yeah. of defense. It's it's March sadness for the defensive coordinators of the league. That's mm-hmm. that's what's happening. You know, you play Orlando and Charlotte enough, and the Wizards. You know, they, they don't care about this point, this part of the season. Like, who, who's worried about it? So, I, to me, it's got you just watching the defense. There's so many open threes. It's insane. Like, it's, people just don't play defense anymore. Uh, we watched Kevin Durant get like 50 before somebody decided to throw a trap. Like, oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now. It <laughs> took the Knicks that long to try to get the ball like, out of his oh, hands. And this is like the defensive guru coaching them. Like, <laughs> hey, you know what? He's got 50. Maybe we should trap now. And you know like, what I love? It was, the idea was just like, uh, Jericho Sims, you're not really doing anything down there on the baseline. Just go run out of KD. Run like, from just, the just aisle, right? Let's from do... 40 feet away as he brings the ball across half back. court. And then run hey. back. Yes. <laughs> he ran back like, hey, he'll never get the ball again now. He's doing sprints on the court. <laughs> This is what Fred brings to the team, man. He just makes he makes coaches go crazy because he's gonna report it and they get scared. And- what I what I bring to a podcast is I inspire random Jericho Sims references that never <laughs> otherwise would have happened. His defensive assignments were random too. Jeez. <laughs> it's just Hey, run from the baseline, ah, yes. KD, and then go back. Like, that was a defense. It was, ah, it was ah. one play. Jericho Sims ran about 30 feet to double Kevin Durant, went back to the rim, yeah. had to help off of his guy for a James Johnson layup, contested verticality, and forced the miss. And I'm like, damn. It was a lot of movement. I've never seen that before in my life, yo. I've never Yeah, you seen only that covered that. Draymond Green. You've never seen that before. <laughs> the, the Jericho Sims defensive like <laughs> strategy for Tom Thibodeau was essentially the like hide behind this door and then when someone walks through it, jump out and go, boop. Like that's what it was. But like it was a glass door. <laughs> Right, <laughs> like we just right, if you if you if you go this way, KD won't see you coming. Right, ah, hurry back, hurry back, because your team needs you. Like <laughs> you're uh, you're describing you're describing Jericho Sims the same way people advise people to act when a bear is around them. Yeah, just like just make get yourself as big and loud as yeah. possible. Just get That's, big and yeah. loud. <laughs> they saw Kevin Durant as a bear coming across half court with a basketball. Get the hell out of there! Right. <laughs> All right. Speaking of coaching genius, take five. Greg Popovich done in San Antonio. That weeping here right now is Michelle Beadle. With the all-time wins record now in his rearview mirror, has Greg Popovich decided to call it a career? According to Mark Stein, Utah Jazz coach Quinn Snyder is now rumored to be a candidate to eventually replace Popovich. One wonders what eventually means. As mentioned, Popovich set the record for the most wins by a coach in NBA history. He owns a 1,300 
and 36 win, 695 loss record in his 26 seasons as head coach of the Spurs. If you lose more than 600 games, can you really be that good of a coach? He took over as head coach before the 96-97 season, almost got fired, and then has since led the franchise to five NBA titles with Tim Duncan. Marcus, how much does Pop have left in the Pop tank? And is Quinn going to be in sooner or later? Uh, how much wine is left? <laughs> I think I think Pop can go as long. Talking as he LeBron can get some or, or Pop here? What do we do? <laughs> we talking about if, if Pop can get some good wine? I think he can ride it out. Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing like touring the nation to hit your best wine spots, and oh, also coaching games in the process, and right? making like, a lot of money doing it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. I think he should have been left. Like you know, I mean, obviously he got the wins record now. I don't know what he's doing. He do- he doesn't need any more, and he certainly doesn't need. Uh, you know, uh, Lonnie Walker. To, <laughs> to wow. Carry his Why is Lonnie <laughs> Walker catching strays here? Goodness. I'm just saying, He's, uh, by pop, the way, as Olympic been, gold medalist, Keldon Johnson. Yeah. Thank you very Keldon much. Johnson, absolutely. He also, he also the medal out of it. I, I do think pop. This is a little bit beneath him for me. Like this 26 and 43. Like, you know, he had had a winning season in three years. It's like, all right, Pop, you know, this is getting a little Willie Mays-ish, right? <laughs> like, like, have a seat, buddy. Let somebody take over. But I don't know why Quinn Snyder would do this. Like, hey, no, I'm going to go coach Lonnie Walker and leave Rudy Gobert, the greatest defender of all time. Why would he do that? All I hear is how great Rudy Gobert is. Why would he leave Rudy Gobert? You tell me. Well, maybe he can leave him in the playoffs and go coach another team. Maybe that's, that's what he could do. Quinn Snyder is... He's spent his entire career being Spurs adjacent, even though he's never actually worked for the Spurs. Like every single person that he worked for was a either former or future Spurs person. Like he was head coach of their G League team, but wasn't with the Spurs. I guess it was the D League at the time. He was an assistant for Mike Budenholzer, but in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He was an assistant in Cheska, Moscow for Atore Messina, who was eventually Popovich's number two after that. He was an assistant for Mike Brown in L.A., former Spurs guy. He's like all former Spurs people that he's always around, but he's never actually been on the Spurs staff. Uh, so so him progressing to Spurs head coach sounds like the absolutely perfect progression for him. Uh, what if he just likes coaching? I got my money on Mike Brown, baby. I got my money on Mike Brown, by the way. Really? Taking the spot. Mike Brown. Mike Brown been uh he been he he's been waiting for a long time. I think he might not be getting multiple checks anymore. So I think it's <laughs> I think it's time. He be getting Mike Brown been collecting multiple checks for years. So from the Lakers and the Cavs. So I think he might multi-check be multi check Mike. It's the it's the great <laughs> it's a great existence. Mike, let's go. <laughs> uh what if he just likes coaching at this point? What if he just likes coaching the young guys? He just gets a kick out of like coaching DeJounte Murray <laughs> and Jakob Pertl. <laughs> We have no reaction to that. How about he go to Sorry, like Michelle? Michelle, I tried. All right. I tried. You... Take, go to college. That's the place where you love coaching, right? Like, go, go oh, Pop should go take over Duke. How about that? There you go. Yeah. How about that, we right? Get a real coach in there. That. That's going to do it for this edition 
of the Point of Contention podcast. No, man, losing to Belmont, super good. That will do it. Uh, make sure to subscribe to all of the shows on the Athletic Podcast Network. Warriors Plus Minus, anything is potable. Down to dunk, no dunks, glue guys, Sixers Beat, Forum Club, Game Notes, and of course, Michelle Beadle's new podcast, What Did I Miss? The Miss? Soon, maybe be Craig Popovich. For Marcus Thompson, for Fred Katz, for Jade Hoy, I'm Zach Harper. See you next time on Point of Contention. shut down we always shut down and so integrity is important it's very important and when you assume shit and you try to uh put things out there to cause controversy and to um essentially make other people look bad it's ridiculous we have children family, I have a mother, I have a father, I have grandparents, um, and so when you do things and, and you try to make your, give your story an extra boost, uh, re- just remember, we work together, and it's not always like that, so as a man of my word, I'm not going to give much today, if anyone wants to talk to me outside of here, I'm all for it, um, but I'm not giving much today because I'm not sure that I can trust what my words are going to go from here. Because the integrity of this job is extremely important. I kissed my girl by the factory wall. Dirty old town. Dirty old town. Dirty old town.